0: This podcast started as a pandemic project for me. Uh, It is a labor of love, and it's still very much just a hobby. Um, I really wanted to share the things that I have been learning, as well as the information that I have from my professional life. And now I am celebrating because today's episode is my 50th and that's incredible to me i did not know how long this would last when i first started i just knew that i was passionate about the topics of finance mental health and parenting and so i am pleased that i have gotten to this point and i am so happy that people are benefiting from the information that I have been sharing. So thank you very much for rocking with me. Enjoy today's episode, and I'm going to be taking a well-deserved two-week break, and I will see you when I return. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi. Welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. On this podcast, I don't really talk often about what I do in my actual day job. So to give you a little bit of context, I work with toddlers, preschoolers, kindergartners, All of my patients are between the ages of one and six. I work with them and I work with their parents and I talk about child development all day long as well as parenting and mental health needs of children and parents. That's my job. One of the things that I hear often from my parents is complaints about how messy their children can be when they're playing. And the thing is, child development is very messy. And that's why I gave this uh, episode that title. It is messy for several reasons, particularly for young children They don't have very good motor skills, the ability to coordinate and also to measure in their head distance and space and time. All of those things are developing. And so what ends up happening is they try to pour one thing into another and it spills everywhere or they are unpacking and things just get thrown left and right, and they don't realize that they're making a mess until after the fact. Childhood is messy, especially early childhood. It's just messy. But the thing is that we need to allow for that mess to take place, because that is gives children the opportunity to grow and develop. And that's essentially what I wanted to talk about in this episode. Whenever I talk about um, allowing mess to take place, my patient's parents look at me like I'm crazy, like I have two heads. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm not saying to allow the children in your life to redecorate your house with Crayola products, but I am saying that some mess is important and I wanna talk about why. So often when I'm talking about allowing mess to happen with my patients, I'm usually talking about Play-Doh. I get that reaction immediately from parents. And sometimes I've even had patients whose parents would not give them crayons because they don't want them to mark on the furniture or on the walls. And so they don't use crayons at all, which blows my mind because crayons are a part of childhood, right? So uh, when parents say, that to me that they don't want to give them crayon so they don't want to give them Play-Doh what they're usually meaning is I don't want Play-Doh in my carpet I don't want crayon marks on my walls and especially for people who are renting and have to try to maintain the space that they're staying in I get it. I completely understand. Why am I even recommending Play-Doh and crayons in the first place? Well, for my children who I work with, a lot of them have developmental delays and several of them have fine motor delays. And the fine motor skills are um, require the use of the muscles like in our hands that help us to be able to grow up and write and draw and uh, button our clothes and zip our zippers. The muscles in the hand, those muscles, it requires a lot of um, exercise that most people don't really think about. And if those muscles are weak, like they are in a lot of my kids, things like coloring and playing with clay and Play-Doh and rolling and mashing, that helps to strengthen those muscles in their hands so that they can then go on to learn to be able to write and button and all of those things. So that's usually the context in which I am making that recommendation. But for regular kids who may not have fine motor delays, they still benefit from doing those things. I think about my son, he's almost two years old, and he is in a daycare program that focuses on all aspects of development, as most good daycare programs should, and In his day, I know that he is building on his fine motor skills, because I see him coming home with art projects even though he's only one. Um, Paint and markers and chalk and crayons, sticking with um, glue, pasting, and beginning to learn how to cut with scissors. All of those things help to develop so many skills, not just the fine motor skills, but also the ability to have hand-eye coordination, the ability to plan ahead and think, okay, well, if I move my hands this way, this is what's going to happen next. And just in general, to have fun and be creative and learn how to be creative. All of those things are taking place in just those very simple acts. But if you are a parent and you're at home, and maybe you're already overwhelmed by life, it can seem like a mess, right? So what do we do if child development is messy, but child development is also important? How do we handle it? When I was thinking about this topic, I uh, it actually first came to me when I was sitting on the couch, just watching my son play, and I had given him a bowl of um, cranberries, craisins, for his snack, and he had his trucks. He's very much a vehicles kind of a boy. <laughs> And he had his trucks and next to his trucks, he had his craisins. And he was taking his craisins out of the bowl one by one and placing them on top of his truck. And then he was driving his truck around and bump, intentionally bumping it into things and saying, oh no, as the craisins fell down and then placing the craisins back on and doing it over again. And in between there, he was eating his craisins. And as I was watching him play, and this is the thing about child psychologists, just give us a kid who's playing and we'll be absolutely happy for hours. We could just watch and watch and watch the development unfold. So as I was watching him playing, I had several thoughts. He was um, engaging in cause and effect play. So he was trying to figure out and master for himself what will happen. Okay, I put the crazons on the truck. And if I bump the truck into something, those crayons are going to fall off. And I actually am in control of the situation because I can do it again. I can put the crayons on the truck and I can bump it into something and then it will fall off over and over and over again. And that repetition helps kids learn. Um, I was also thinking about the fact that I had given him a snack. My, my goal was for him to eat. Um, and he was eating, but he was also playing. And it made me think about some of my parents at work and also just parents in general who have overheard talking like in public, where they complain to their child, why don't you eat and stop playing? or you need to hurry up. And yes, sometimes children do need to hurry up. We live in a world where there are time crunches and there are things to do and we cannot spend all day crashing trucks. But at the same time, we don't need to be like that all the time. We do need to allow children to have the space and the time to explore, to play leisurely, to experience that repetition that he had the time to be able to do. And so it's okay if you need to have your child eat so that you can go to the store before the store closes, that's fine, but maybe the next day, when you don't have to go somewhere, you allow them to take their time and just let them do their thing, just watch them and see what happens, see what they get into. I think that that agency, that freedom is really important in child development. So he was eating and he was playing with his crayons, and he was happy, and he was fed, and that was my end goal at the end of the day. Was he hurting anybody? No, he wasn't. If he or any other child colors with crayons, and they get crayon marks on the table, like when I'm working with kids, they're usually sitting at a table, and I give them the crayons. And parents apologize profusely when crayon marks get on the table. And do you know what I tell them? I tell them, "Don't worry about it. This is not the first child to get crayon marks on the table, and it won't be the last." And now that we are in a pandemic, everybody is very used to having uh, wipes, like the the cleaning wipes. And so I have been using those wipes for years and years. I just say the wipes get crayon marks right out of the table. And it's fine. Children get crayon marks on the furniture because they have not figured out the boundary of the paper. They haven't quite mastered where their control of their hands and their arms Where's the line between that and the edge of the paper that then becomes the table? But they need to have that experience in order to develop that skill. So I clean up. And I tell my parents at work, I say this at least once a day, every single day, because The room ends up messy. I, uh, Because I'm playing with young children, I'm using a lot of toys. And so young children throw toys on the floor, that's just what they do. And I tell my parents, don't worry about it, cleaning up toys is part of my job description. And I make a joke about it and I say, it's actually my job both here at work and at home. (laughs) I just clean up toys, that's what I do. You can involve children in the process of cleaning up. Even that helps their development. Did you know that? By involving a child in cleaning up, by saying, hey, come help me, they're learning a couple of things. They're learning that one of the effects of their play is that this mess has been created that then we need to clean up. And that's an important thing to learn, because if you think about it as an adult, you also know that if you make a mess, whether literally or figuratively, it needs to be cleaned up, right? They also learn about helping. So you say, can you help me clean up? Or even if you direct them to clean up, or if they have siblings and they're helping each other clean up. That's part of social development, being able to work together, being able to accomplish a goal together. Those are important skills. And also just knowing that we need to keep our place clean or clean enough, whatever that might mean for your family. So involve them in the cleanup process. Whenever my parents complain about me recommending crayons and Play-Doh and looking at me like I have two heads, I make a suggestion, and this might be helpful for you and for your family. Contain your mess. Containing things makes life so much easier. So when I'm at work and I'm working with these kids, we are in a relatively small room uh i work in a hospital we work in the hospital room and the door is closed so the mess is contained to just the room the toys are not going to get very far some people have a playroom and that's a great way to contain the mess I don't have a playroom. I have just a section in the living room where all of the toys stay, but there are buckets. So when we are done playing, we can put everything back into the buckets. Some days they don't make it into the bucket and that's fine, but that works for my family. It may not work for yours. Buckets help to contain contain the mess. Even with the clay and the Play-Doh example, If you want to do some art projects or you want children to get messy with their hands, and you can do a couple of things. So you can have them sit at the table. If you have young children, um, they can sit in their high chair and that way you can uh, tape the paper, if you're going to be doing drawing or painting, you can tape it to the um, the tray and that way it's not going to get everywhere. Your child is contained. they're not going to be running around um, drawing on the walls and that way they're able to engage in their art. I actually also, um like there's a, an instagram i'm trying to think of the name of it there's an instagram her handle is busy toddler and there's another one called transforming toddlerhood if you have young children they um they post various like art projects and things that young children can do And one of the things that I like about both of them is that they also show how you can contain the mess. So for instance, if they're involving the kids in paint or slime, they put all of those things into a big bucket and then you're in the kitchen, so you're not getting it on a carpet and most of it is staying within the big bucket. That's an example. Another reason why getting messy is helpful, so I talked about the fine motor skills and so on. Another reason is because of the sensory experience. So if you know of an, any occupational therapist, and a lot of my kids have occupational therapists as part of their treatment team, occupational therapists talk about sensory stuff all the time our body takes in um, information through our senses, and that can include seeing things, smelling things, feeling things. And so specifically with the feeling and the seeing, we are using those senses a lot in early childhood in art activities, in play activities. And it's really obvious to professionals when a child is not getting a lot of sensory input because they don't like it. They don't like the feel, they don't like the smell. they don't they don't want it anywhere near them. And that's usually an indicator that leads us to then ask the parents, well, Do you take their shoes off and let them run around in the grass? Do you let them play in shaving cream in a bucket? Do you let them play in sand? All of that is important in childhood. And if you are not familiar with all of these activities and you're wondering How can I help my child to develop all of these skills that Dr. Tracy is talking about? The internet is an amazing place and I am not making these activities up off of the top of my head. A lot of them are online. I am a Pinterest mom as well as a Pinterest professional and there are a ton of activities on Pinterest for toddlers, but you don't even have to be on Pinterest. You can Uh, Google activities for toddlers. There are also videos on YouTube. And like I mentioned, those Instagram handles, Busy Toddler, as well as um, Transforming Toddlerhood. Those can give you ideas, but just remember, getting messy is important. And at the same time, you want to create boundaries, Allow children to get messy, but in an environment where it's contained and involve them in the cleanup process. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, you can check out new episodes every Monday and Friday. If you haven't already, please pop over to the website at healthywealthyroots.org. You can follow me on Instagram at Healthy Wealthy Roots, and I am now on Clubhouse at HWR. That's for Healthy Wealthy Roots, of course. Now, you can also send in a voice message. The link for that is on the website, and I may play it on the show. Remember, our future grows from Healthy Wealthy Roots. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.